Dr. Peter Uni is head of the Ontario Science Table, and he joins us now here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Dr. Uni, good afternoon on this Tuesday. Good afternoon. Appreciate you joining us as always. Uh, first off, we were expecting an announcement today regarding vaccine certificates. We understand that was cancelled. Can you give us any insight into what is possibly uh, causing the delay and when we might anticipate hearing about some sort of a vaccine certification program? The answer is very straight. No, I can't. We will find out. And uh, I don't know more than uh, than, uh, than you do. Right now, we'll find out how this goes. I'm glad, you know, that the discussion is now just happening everywhere. It's one of the ways forward here. You know, we, we need to do something about Delta and uh, the certificates will help us with that. Yeah, as the head of the science table and watching what has been happening uh, elsewhere in Canada and beyond, just talk to us, if you could, how important is this tool, a vaccine a certification program, in not only containing the spread of the virus, but perhaps even in incentivizing people to get vaccinated. Yeah, I think it can be very important. Let's face it, you know, this is all work in progress. Also, scientifically speaking, what we see is indeed that once uh, vaccine certificates have been announced already, that typically uh, vaccination um, registrations and also vaccination coverage go up which is uh, good news. What we need to be aware of here is that we're just talking about the situation where the mere fact that Delta is so transmissible means um, there is no way out. You need to get immune against uh, the disease, against the virus. And there's two ways to do that, obviously. Either you get vaccinated or you get infected. And the problem is we still have so many people who are not vaccinated, especially people my age or older, you know, 50 plus, that these people could still get um, the ICUs completely in overflow mode if they get infected too early. So it's not only about getting people vaccinated, it's also about um, protecting the vulnerable people, those who are not vaccinated from themselves, and therefore also protecting our ICUs. Okay. Speaking of the ICUs, the emergency uh, departments, can you give us a brief snapshot as to how hospitalizations are uh, right now at this moment in the fourth wave? Um, right now, we're at um, 360 um, hospital beds occupied by COVID-19 patients, including those who have been, you know, uh, on the ICU for a longer uh, term, actually, already. And we have uh, roughly 160 ICU beds occupied, which is still okay. But we just need to be aware of that. You know, we're still in uh, exponential growth. Numbers, daily numbers will go up. It looks less dramatic than just about two weeks ago which is good news. So right now, our doubling time is a comfortable four weeks. It used to be 10 days for a while, meaning only two weeks ago, our numbers, the daily numbers doubled every 10 days. Now they double every four weeks, which is much better than before. Which means also, you know, that that, that uh, right now with the 780 cases we have on average per day, that it would take roughly four weeks until these 780 cases would roughly become 1,500 cases per day, which is much better than what we had just a few weeks ago. All right. And is that all because of the vaccination rate and that uh, people in this province uh, continue, uh, maybe not at the pace that some would like, but to continue to get and be uh, vaccinated and the numbers of those with uh, one and uh, two doses fully vaccinated uh, continue to climb? 
Oh, it's absolutely a combination of two things. One is, of course, vaccines help. We would be in a lot of trouble without the vaccines. We need to be aware of that. They're really protective, especially against serious disease. But the other part really is people continue to do the right thing. Means masking indoors, means, you know, being careful and just doing much more things outdoors than indoors. And that's one of the issues here. You know, when you compare ourselves, for instance, with Alberta, you know, what are we doing much better than they do? Uh, of course, we also have a higher vaccine coverage, but one of the issues we do much better is that we still have some public health measures in place and people are reasonable. This helps big time. Yeah. Are you satisfied as head of the Ontario Science Table where we're at when it comes to uh, vaccination, uh, vaccine rates, or did you think we might be higher at this point? Look, it's very difficult. The last mile is always difficult, but we still have a lot of people we can hopefully reach, you know, and what we see right now, also when you go, for instance, to our dashboard, so it should convince a lot more people. There are theoretical concerns about vaccine safety, but these concerns need to pale if we compare them, you know, with the risk of COVID-19, you know, with long COVID, with uh, the risk of being hospitalized, uh, ending up on an ICU. The vaccines really, really protect you against ending up on an ICU. They also protect you against infection. And that's what now should just uh, convince quite a lot of those people who are still not fully vaccinated. We're internationally still extremely good with our vaccine coverage, but we need to get better. Again, if we want to have a stable situation, you know, where we don't have these outbreaks anymore and the surges and the waves, we basically need um, people to get immune, nearly all of them, 95% or more, either through vaccine or through infection. And that's the point that people now need to absorb. Infection is just not the way to go if you really want to stay safe. I want to ask you as well about uh, booster shots and where you stand on that. We had news out of Saskatchewan earlier uh, today. I believe that they are looking at later this week uh, instituting a third uh, booster shot for some of the most uh, vulnerable. Uh, where are you when it comes to a third shot? Yeah, look, I think it's really important right now. Also, when we look at that uh, in, a, in an international um, setting, that we focus on those who are most vulnerable. And uh, this really means that elderly people, that's people with, uh, with, with uh, immunodeficiencies, especially if they live in congregate settings. And there probably will be the point coming where we also need to discuss uh, those healthcare workers out there who will continue to uh, deal with, uh, with uh, COVID-19 patients, we might need to protect them too. The point there is, these are small numbers of vaccine doses. If we use them wisely, we can actually just, again, you know, pivot things a little bit, which will be helpful. But we probably don't want to do also for, you know, for uh, from an ethics perspective, we don't want just to start and go for third doses for everybody because we really have a lot to do globally here still. But these few doses, if invested well, plus Plus, you know, reduce doses for those below the age of 12. That's very little vaccine for a lot of benefit for the society. All right. As we're in the midst of the fourth wave here, Dr. Uni, I wanted to ask you as well about this shift we're apparently seeing, where, of course, uh, we know the uh, first few waves of uh, COVID were just so devastating to the elderly and those in long-term care. We're now seeing a shift, uh, I understand, in this fourth wave to uh, young people. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so first of all, what is important is waves always start with younger people. And this is not about people partying. It's about people actually getting the work done on our behalf, you know, in Amazon warehouses or you, you call it, whatever it is. So 
Parties may play a role, you know, bars may play a role, etc. But it's always a combination. Now, the beginning of the wave, you always see that that's more young people, and then it starts to spill over also in uh, in older age groups. And now it all depends on how well the older age groups are vaccinated, of course. In any case, what we also see is that obviously now Delta again is just more um, severe, results in a higher risk of a severe disease as compared with the original virus. This also means that even, you know, a young person who is perhaps 25 or 30 or so has a certain risk of ending up on an ICU now anyway. It will now be a combination, basically, just all the unvaccinated people, younger or older, that's those who will end up in our hospitals in the future. Younger people will dominate at the beginning. And when it starts to spill over, older people who are unvaccinated or partially vaccinated will start to notice it too. Yeah, just finally, Dr. Yuni, I wanted to ask you, since we are talking about uh, younger people, we're seeing a lot of them move back into the city for school uh, this week. And I'm thinking about this uh, long weekend as they settle there and uh, maybe are out and about. Just how concerned are you? We might see a spike in the numbers, particularly in that uh, demographic uh, going into the next week and out of this long weekend. We know that, you know, it can happen. And especially these large populations uh, of, uh, of students just moving somewhere typically can create quite some blur. And uh, that's that's uh, what can happen here too. When we were, you know, uh, a lot less exciting with our effective reproduction number a few weeks ago, this was most likely the effect of the last long weekend. So it may well be that the forthcoming long weekend again will create an increase in daily case numbers. So let's just be sensible as well as we can, meet outside, socialize outside. And again, let's continue just to go to work with vaccinations. That's the way out here. If we all get vaccinated, things will look different. Dr. Uni, appreciate your time as always. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Dr. Peter Uni, head of the Ontario Science Table. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.